Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. It was a long time ago. I think our first one, five years ago, six years ago, it's been yes. a moment. Seven years ago? No, it's probably long. Yeah, I think we're closer to like seven years. Seven years. Damn, man, yeah. that's great. And now, I mean, at that time, it was more so focused on your um, marketing and and now politics. I mean, that's yes, that's uh quite quite the quite the jump. And I know we don't have a lot of I mean people in the political field that have been on the the road to growth. But I mean, I guess walk us through. I know you you have a couple other um, platforms. Your kind of your main focus, but walk us through. Like when people ask, what does Sharifa do these days? How do you describe yourself? Okay. Well, first of all, let me say thank you for allowing me to come back because The Road to Growth is one of my favorite shows. I love your honesty. I love your openness. And I love the um, tools and strategies that you give people in order to succeed. So it doesn't matter whether it's real estate or whatever uh, the specific industry is, you help people. And that's one of the things I really appreciated, not only about you, but about Road to Growth. So the funny thing is, is whenever you go to my social media or anything like that, it just says, I am Sharifa Hardy. So at the base of everything that I do, I am Sharifa Hardy. So I can wear so many different hats. So I, I'm still a business consultant. I do marketing and PR. That's my bread and butter. That's what has gotten me this far. I just founded my newest company, which is Black Business Co-op, and w- which is a networking um, online search directory of black businesses but then i'm also running for state senate in the march 5th 2024 election for long beach district 33. long beach Huntington park rather if you i mean if you get elected which mm-hmm. the hope right you get elected yes how does that change your businesses i mean because that has to at least give you some insight that you, some of these businesses are going to have to be a little they're gonna have to almost be self-sufficient, I would guess, right? Yes. So what? So what is that? Yes. I mean, how do you plan for that, or what kind of time frame goes into planning for the possibility of you getting, um, you winning the bid, compared to, let's just focus on getting our name out there, getting the word out there, and see how it goes. Because that does it. Because you because you have so many businesses, I would think. You have to start kind of putting the game plan together now. Well, the newest business, Black Business Co-op, I found it with two other people. So I'm not the only founder. I put this together because I am the marketing and PR leg of the company. But I created it in such a way that when I walk away, the company will still stand. Everything I do right now, I create with the mindset that somebody else is going to handle this or somebody else is going to take this on because Senate is my primary focus. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, because you've been in the marketing marketing industry so long, I mean, do you, are you constantly building a database of people that you're like saying, okay, this was someone that I can bring on when this opportunity comes about, or is it, I mean, when the opportunity comes about, let me go back into the history. Let me just sit back and then I think it through. I mean, how does that kind of work through of kind of who you're going to trust with these, these uh, businesses that you've been building? 
the people who've been there. I mean, again, we started them together. We started them with the idea in mind that at some point in time, Sharifa is going to leave. Because again, one of the things that I've learned is that I love creating businesses. I love creating companies, but I'm not the administrative, operational, day-to-day -day kind of person. I just start them in order for somebody else to complete the final vision. So what does that look like? I mean, I mean, walk us through, I guess, some of the businesses that you've built and kind of what, what you, I guess you bring to the initial part of the table and then how that transition of passing on someone else um, looks like. Well, for me, Asharifa is a brand and I and I have been branding myself in this market for nearly 30 years. I built my first website in 1994. So I've been doing this for some time and then I became a dot com baby. So I was one of the people who built the original website for CheapTickets.com, Perks.com, AlmostGolf.com. So I've been building businesses and building companies. What I wish I would have done early on 30 years ago is to change my mindset, to stop looking at it as if I'm building a website and look at it as if I'm building a company. And so if you have a company, you have a corporation, one thing successful people know to be true is that you cannot do everything alone. You know, if you are doing every aspect of your business, then how are you going to be able to expand? How are you going to be able to grow? And so that's one of the biggest lessons I had to learn is to put a team in place for every aspect of what I do. So even running for Senate, I have a campaign manager. I have a political advisor. I have a scheduler. I mean, I have more than just me that makes up my team. And that's the only way you can grow and succeed. So for the running for politics, I guess, for the Senate Avenue, building your team, what's is it a volunteer based? Are you paying them in your own pocket or what does that look like? There, some are being paid. Yes. Okay. So does it, you do pay that at your own pocket? I pay that out of the campaign funds. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, so is that basically like donations for the campaign funds? Yes. Is that how that works? Yes. Okay. Yes. So how, how early in advance do you have to start, um, start, uh, getting donations for campaign funds if you're thinking about kind of running for politics? I believe early on, but I think one of the, the biggest mistakes that I made, um, it's not going to cost me the election, but I started too early, way too early. When I put in my papers and I filed to run for state Senate, it was 2021. I had just finished my um, run for Long Beach City Council District 6, and I, I fell in love with the process. So many people were like, I don't do politics. I don't want to get into politics. I love politics because I understand that everything in our life is politics. You have so many people who the only time they vote is for a presidential election, but have no idea that the presidential election makes very little to do with their daily lives. It's your local elections that really make a difference in what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's the council, the city council, that's the mayor, that's the state senators that play a part of it. So I just really enjoyed it. But because I started the announcement in 2021, I went in different directions. So I, I wasn't focused on getting those donations. So now it's November, basically December of 2023. The election is in March. And I'm like, I need donations. I need the support of people who want a change in their community. And that's why, I, to a certain extent, I'm not stressed or pressured, pressured or whether or not I win, because 
it, the uh, election is about what the people want. So if the people want me in this seat, I'll have the seat. If the people want someone else in this seat, that other person will have the seat. What do you, you said you like it? You like politics, and most people don't. What do you What do you like about it? I don't think most people don't. I think most okay. people don't like to have those conversations because they, people say you don't discuss politics or you don't discuss religion. And that's because right. it's so personal to people, right? A person, I mean, look at, look at, you know, and I don't like to get too much into specifics, but look at what's going on in the world. People are literally killing other people and all of that is politics. Everything we do, every decision we make, some politician at some level has made that decision. So when people say they don't want to discuss it or they don't want to be a part of politics, it's really what they're saying is I don't want to have that discussion because what's going to happen is I have my views and I'm adamant about my views. And then Vincent has his views and he's adamant about his views. So there's the idea that we cannot have a conversation. And, you know, for me, especially being a podcast host and I'm bringing back the round table talk show December 13th. So if you have any time, 12 o'clock, I think this is when your show is, I took your time slot, but I'm bringing back the round table talk show and the round table talk show is the show I launched after um, running for city council. And it's a show where we have an organic conversation with up to 10 people per show. And we have an organic conversation about what's going on in the world. So for me, when you're discussing what's going on in the world, that's politics. Everything is politics. So when you talk about kind of politics and making change, I mean, on a local level, I mean, how much how much change do you think you can make in as a, uh, a senator? For me, I'm going to make changes right now, right? So with the donations, I have the ability to create jobs. And those people are being helped and benefited even before I get to Senate. Those are the people I am going to take into Senate. You don't have to be in any particular position or any particular seat in order to make a difference in the world. Right now... Vincent, you're making a difference in the world because you're creating road to growth. You're creating a platform where people have the opportunity to speak their, their opinions, to speak their voice. And that's the aspect that I fell in love with in politics is that I realized I have a voice. Once I was an official candidate for city council, people had to hear me. I'm a candidate. There's no way they... they couldn't hear me. And so that's why I continue to run is because even before I get to the seat, I'm going to make a difference in the community. I'm creating jobs. I'm supporting other aspects of the community right now. And that's what I'm using those campaign funds for, not just to send out mailers, but to go out into the community and say, you know what, how can I be of service to you? What does the community really need? So one way or the another, the community benefits from me just running, not just getting the seat. So what, I mean, you said you the message, getting the message out there. So what's the message that you're trying to get out there? The message right now is that we have to bring corporations back to California. Co corporations are doing a mass exodus out of California. You have insurance companies that will not even practice in California. Other companies that won't practice in California. In Long Beach, we are losing businesses. Uh, even you take a look at... Um, JetBlue, JetBlue Airlines pulled out of Long Beach. You have companies that are leaving California in droves. And so if you have your corporations that leave California, where are the jobs? 
That's that's my focus. And everything to me comes down to jobs. So many people are focused on people being unhoused in California. Right. That's the number one issue. People are talking about unhoused, 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 unhoused. Okay, California received over 20 billion dollars since the pandemic to fight homelessness. Long Beach has received over 50 million dollars in Long Beach to fight homelessness. We receive millions of dollars to fight homelessness. And the only thing we have is more homelessness. And that's because so where does that money go to the people who get the checks. But what, what is that? What's that $50 million going? Where, where is it being used? Do you think in the right way or is it not being used or? No, it's not being used in the right way. It's not because what happens is when the city receives the money, right? Instead of the city doesn't have departments necessarily created to fight these. So what they do is they give the money to independent nonprofits who are created to, to start, solve this problem. But when you're fighting homelessness and your executive director is making half a million dollars or say a hundred thousand dollars, how can you be an executive director at a homeless, at a nonprofit that's created to fight homelessness, but your salary is 150,000, 200,000, 120,000. So you need a hundred thousand to help people who have nothing. And so what happens is right now we are living in a world where there's a divide. There used to be a middle class. The middle class is the class that was promised the American dream. We were promised it, whether subconsciously, subliminally, but that was America. America is supposed to be that place where everyone gets the American dream, where you get that house, you get that picket fence. And we were told if you go to school, you get a good job, you get an education, you will be able to live the American dream. And what happens is right now you have two classes of people. You have the poor, you have the rich. You have the haves and you have the have nots. And people don't want to admit that, but it's the truth. I mean, I'm seeing you looking at me and you're like, wait a minute, which one am I in? But I can tell you right now how many people have what they used to call a savings account, right? That little that little balance to where if anything went, went wrong, I could dip into it in case I had a medical injury or I had an accident or I had a job loss. I had something in the bank. The majority of the people right now have absolutely nothing in the bank. They have to work. They have to work. And there's they're working, but they're still unable to afford their life. I ordered some food the other day. The average meal is $25 if you're ordered $25. And that could be from a fast food chain. So when you think of parents who have a three-person family, a four-person household, five people in a household, that's over $100 per night to feed family. Then you go, okay, well, maybe they don't need Postmates. Maybe they don't need Uber Eats. Maybe they just need to go to the grocery store. But when you go to the grocery store, eggs are $9. A head of lettuce is $8. You're not saving money by going to the grocery store. So how are people able to live? So if I'm trying to correct the homelessness, the unhoused issue, but if I'm someone who is unhoused and I'm unable to go out and get a job with a living wage, I'm not even going to use the energy to go and try not to be unhoused because I know, okay, I get a job. Maybe the good Lord blesses me with a job that's $17 an hour. Okay. I'm making $17 an hour, $18 an hour, but my rent is $2,500 a month. Right. How am I going to pay for it? So 
we have mental health issues, we have unhoused issues, but unless a person can provide for their families, what are they supposed to do? Crime has increased. I'm sure you've seen it on the television. You've had more smash and dash robberies recently than ever than ever in my life. I'm 47 years old. I cannot tell you prior to 2023, the last time I have heard of someone who has had a car stolen. I can tell you, and I can name at least four people who have had their car stolen within the last 30 to 60 days. Stolen. Right? Well, so you're talking about that there's people need to make more money, but then you also stated that the nonprofits are paying their employees too much, right? So yeah, is that kind of what you're getting at? I mean, so, I mean, do you have, an, I mean, because I, as a person making change, I mean, you, I, I mean, I agree. You want to get homeless off the streets, right? You want to stop basically um, uh, robberies and things like that. Also, you want to keep corporations here, right? So if you're putting caps on what they can pay their employees, I mean, that's going to make it a little harder too. I mean, so how do you keep, how do you do everything, right? Because it's probably, you, you probably can't do everything, right? It's a matter of picking out things that you want to really focus on. Yes, but be clear. Let's be clear because I, I think you're amazing and I love you and I love the tidbits of information that you're getting. But a nonprofit is different from a for-profit. So yeah. for me, I want to bring those for-profits, those corporations back into the district, District 33. And so for me, because it's a for-profit, I am not in the least concerned about their salaries. Some people are concerned about what CEOs make. Okay, that's a whole nother issue. But when you when I'm talking when I'm speaking of a, a in person who makes a hundred and a hundred, let's just say a hundred thousand dollars, that's a nonprofit. You're a nonprofit. Nonprofits are here, and nonprofits are created to help the community. But a lot of people create nonprofits because they know you have to be a nonprofit. You have to be a five hundred one c three in order to get any type of government assistance. So what they do is they create a nonprofit, go out and get a $50,000, $100,000, $200,000 grant to help um, the, the unhoused. But now if I take that $200,000 and give myself a $20,000 a month salary, where's the oversight? Gotcha. So basically a little more oversight with those nonprofits, especially the ones that are getting grants from basically the government. Yes, that's, yeah, that's makes all I mean, there is. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I think the government, I mean, there's a lot of wasted money out there and, and not a lot of oversight yes. of where basically the, the, the funds are going. So I, yes. I, I definitely, I mean, can, can understand that. And I think, I mean, do you, why do you feel that's, that's an issue? Why do you feel there's not enough oversight in these nonprofits? The reason that I feel is because I truly, truly believe one of my favorite quotes, and I live by it, and it is, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And that's Edmund Burke. And what I mean by that is that so many people have such good hearts. We have, we love people and help people. We want to give and we want to give and we want to give. But then once we give, do we turn around and look and say, okay, wait a minute, maybe that money could have been allocated somewhere else. 
maybe we could have used those resources somewhere else. And I think the fact that I personally would love to see the government and government officials step in and actually take responsibility for so many of these aspects that nonprofits handle. Let's handle it with the government. Some people don't like government insight. I love government insight because one of the things that that frustrates me, and I'm someone who has been laid off eight times, eight times, literally, if you count them, it's eight times, right? I've built companies, I've built businesses, I've gone through the process, and I can never understand when you need assistance, you never get immediate assistance from the government. If you're unemployed, you have to go through the, the EDD. And I'll tell people, stop, stop me when I, when I start to lie and when these facts don't add up. But you have millions of people who are unemployed and you cannot get someone on the phone from just about any type of government assistance. If you have to call the EDD and get some help, good luck. If you have to call the IRS, get some help, good luck. Why not take some of these resources that we have and allocate those resources to hiring people to help the community? That's what my focus is. I had, a, I had a dear friend of mine, dear friend of mine, who her husband just passed away. Um, he passed away maybe a month ago and maybe two months ago. She has yet to be able to get anyone on the phone in order to receive her widow's benefits. She goes in to speak to someone and they tell her you have to do a phone appointment. But then nobody assists her to, to set up. The, it's a whole process that if we put resources into helping people, I believe we would be better off. On a, on a different topic, I mean, being that you you're you have such, I mean, a lot of marketing, you put yourself out there a lot. I mean, when you think about jumping into politics, you think about people looking at the skeletons in your own closet, right? I mean, and <clears throat> I mean, ten years. I mean, I don't know. You talk about forty years ago, thirty years ago. Right, just a statement of there's two sexes, a man and a woman. Now it's you can get basically uh, uh, shut down for saying something like that, which at that time seemed like there was uh, no issue to it. Right, so being that you've had so much content out there the last, I mean, thirty years, like you've talked about, is that ever is something that crossed your mind? Where you're like, what are they going to see from when I first started? That they're going to be like, oh my gosh, Sharifa, she should not have said that. You know, that's I love your 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 thought process. That's an excellent question. And I tell myself all the time and I literally tell my team this. I say they're going to come for me. They are going to come for me. They're going to find that one post, that one statement, that one thing I had to say, and they are going to come for me. But with that said, I'm an open book. I've been divorced twice. You know what I mean? I've been laid off. I've been homeless. I've lost everything that I had aside from the clothes on my back. But there's no statement out there on the Internet that I cannot stand behind, you know, and I just became a Republican. I joined the Republican Party. I'm looking forward. I should have the endorsement of the LAGOP and I should have the recommendation from the LAGOP to the California GOP to endorse me because I used to say I'm going to be independent because I don't want to choose a side in any fight because while we're fighting, the people are struggling. That was my, my stance. But then I just felt like, okay, now we're doing too much. We're doing too much. This whole gender ideology thing, this male, you're doing too much. You, it's a man, it's a woman. It is. I mean, you could, you know, you could say what, but you're, it's a man or if it's a woman.
Man. And so my issue is that you can believe whatever you want to believe. I have no problems and no issues with anybody be believing what they want to believe. The issue that I have is when now everybody else is forced to believe that. And if we don't believe and agree with what you say, then you're going to cancel us. And the beauty of me is that there's no one on God's green earth who can cancel me. That's why I have been able to speak as freely because I work for me. I work for myself. Everything that, you know, for my companies, I pay for. I don't have a boss that can come in and say, Sharifa, you're canceled because you said Vincent was a man. And if I said Vincent was a man, the Vincent is a man. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, I wouldn't even sit here and have that conversation because if someone wanted to have that conversation, I would bring it back to, okay, well, what I want to know about this man who thinks he's a woman, does he have a job? Can he feed his family? That, those are my bigger concerns than who this person decides that they want to be. I, that to me is not even a conversation that's worth my time. Was there a time, maybe a, a younger Sharifa, where she was worried about people saying they didn't like what she was saying or people she didn't like how they, um, they didn't like her product? Was there a time when you were maybe first starting out? No. There, okay, so I, I, don't I don't say that because I don't think it has to do with confidence. Because when I first started out, I, I was a dot com baby, but I was working for other people. These weren't my companies, but there have been multiple occasions when we started perks.com. Perks.com was initially founded by two brothers and myself. And so I can tell story after story where they didn't have any other departments. There, there weren't any, you know, there was always me handling every aspect of a company. So there wasn't a point where I really had to be confident. I just had to do the job that I was hired to do. And then, you know, fast forward at least 20, 25 years later, I just looked back and said, wait a minute. I was I was actually this role. I was actually playing that role, even though I wasn't given that title. And so now I just say, OK, well, I'm the CEO of all my companies. I'm not going to go in being a supervisor. I'm not going to go in being a manager. Now I, these are my companies. So it's just maybe a conf it's a confidence based off of I know you said it wasn't a confidence, but it's a it sounds like, I mean, the reason why you're. I guess assured in in who you are is because you've had success in the past. No, that's what I want to be clear to everybody. The reason, if if you call it confidence, the reason I'm so confident is because I have literally had everything taken away from me. Everything. I mean, just imagine for a minute. If we want to sit here and imagine, just imagine, Vincent, if the clothes look, you know, that you're wearing right now are the only thing you had to your name. Like literally, like you couldn't go to your closet and be like, okay, well, let me get another shirt. The shirt you have on is the shirt you have to wear until you figure out the next plan. The shoes that you have on your feet are the shoes you have to wear until something else happened. When I lost everything, I literally had on flip-flops. I had to wear flip-flops and I would tell people, you know what? I just tell people, people that, okay, they don't know about flip-flops. In, in other countries, flip-flops are the shoes to wear, but that's because that's all I had. And so that gave me the assurance to say, no matter what, I can survive because I've survived it. There's nothing you can take away from me because everything you can take away from me, you they've taken away from me. Yeah, makes sense. It, um, Sharifa, I, I appreciate so much that you've been on here. If someone's listening and they're looking to 
um, volunteer, to donate to your cause, make a change in Long Beach? I mean, what's the best way of them reaching out? Well, my website, I mean, all of the donations, all of the support is what is needed right now in this race. There's a long, long way for us to go. But before I even get to the donations, I just want people to ask themselves, is this the world you want to live in? If, if it is and you're OK and you happy and that's good. But if you're someone who lives in District 33, who looks around and says, you know what? I believe and I agree with what Sharifa saying. I really wish my life would be a, a little different. And even if you don't live in District 33 and you support our cause, please visit my website at Sharifa Hardy for Senate.com and make a donation today. I'm going to finish off with this last question. If someone's looking to get into politics and I know this has been a journey for the last, I mean, Three years or so and still not finished right right and if you're if you were someone's reaching out to you saying that they want to get into politics what are like the the five things three things four things that they really should factor in or take the steps to kind of go forward in that direction well First of all, when I ran for city council, it was it was too easy. As I tell people, if it was a been a process or a test I had to take, and you know, it's nothing. You just go to to the city hall, to the city clerk, let them know that you want to go into politics, which position you want to go for, and most things really just come down to you being eighteen or over and a United States citizen. And that's the crazy thing to me that people don't understand. It's like, you don't have to have a degree from, from anywhere or don't have to have this experience. But the experience is you have to be an adult who lives in that district or that city, and that's what they go for. But if they really want to go into politics, I, I would just say what the, the most important thing is this, know why you're going to be in politics. Be clear on why you want to make a difference. You know, for me, it's because I'm like, okay, we can stop this. So what's your why? That's what I would ask anybody. And then go to the city clerk and file. Thank you so much, Rifa, for, for being here. Hopefully um, everyone got some great nuggets. I mean, go listen to some of the older podcasts with Sharifa. I mean, she go get her. I mean, she has <laughs> our eye on something. She's going to do it. That's why I always find it. I always find it so funny when people tell me, "Go, I can't do it because of this or this happened, that happened." Uh, if you need to know why you can do something, go follow Sharifa and go look up uh, yeah. Ask, uh, I Am Sharifa. Thank you so much for for being here, uh, everyone. Please subscribe, please share, go find Sharifa and go donate. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.